welcome in. Thanks for joining us once again on the Red Rock Sports Podcast. We are a Woos Media Podcast brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. It's a very special episode today. I'm your host, as always, Jared All. And joining me, as uh, he is every episode, Connor Holskamp. Hello. And we are joined by a big fan of the show, professional sports better, Tyler Walgy. Who said I was a fan of the show? I never said I was a fan of the show. Mm. Yeah, well, I never said that. I've said I've Ow. listened to the show a lot, and I disagree with a lot of what you guys say. Not a, isn't make isn't that a, what you look for in a show? A fan. No, I'm just kidding. I love the show. <laughs> Huge fan. I'm, I'm the number one fan, right? Of course. I, I think so. I mean, I'm hopefully... Maybe not. Maybe not. Mm. I think somebody out there is offended that you just said that. But you're right. This is a special uh, special yeah, show. Yeah, special We're in a, show. So yeah. Tyler's obviously sitting in yeah. for Nick Sopris, who is... Uh, on vacation, this guy takes more vacations than like. Yeah. <laughs> well, how much vacation time does he get? No, the the, the guy lives on vacation. I mean, I'm not going to fault him. It's like I, 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 I'm jealous. Me too. I would love to be wherever he is right now. Probably soaking up the sun. You know, Costa Rica. Costa oh. Rica. Oh, you're just going to wow. spill that? I wasn't going to like tell the whole world just where they the, could uh, find Nick Sopras. Yeah, now, you know he's going to get bombarded at the airport yeah. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be able yeah. to walk in the Killer. airport. You got to get. Connor, you got to prepare for when we are famous, okay? See, see, Costa Rica, I don't know if I do well in Costa Rica. I burn really easily. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't, that, that surprise, doesn't surprise me. me you don't get a whole lot of sun, which uh, brings <laughs> us to the next point of why this episode is so very special. Tyler, man, you're just a legend around here in the Woos Media you know, Hopefully studios. Uh, Tyler was set to fill in today for Nick, obviously knowing Nick was out of town. And uh, I get a call this morning from Tyler. He said, bro, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I'm my back. I jacked up my back. I don't know if I can make it in to do the show. And uh, he calls me back a little later and says, you know what? I got a, I got a solution. Can, can we get the, the production team to bring everything to my house? I will do the episode if you can bring it to my house. Yeah, so the, the IT guys. IT guys came out. Took care of it. Got us set up over here. I'm actually really impressed with the setup yeah, here. We're here in my living room. And so we, we are yes. in Tyler's living room. <laughs> this uh, is the most uncomfortable th- living room I've ever been I know. in uh, my entire life. Th- thank you for uh, working with me and yes. doing this and coming over. Uh, also should mention that uh, we... We actually didn't inform Connor of this no, until no, no. No, the Con- last second. <laughs> no. Connor walked into the chain. And then yeah. this couch is literally swallowing half my butt cheek. So Yeah, are you not a fan of that couch? The, We're thinking about getting no, a new this one. This is the worst couch known to man. It's the like worst? Um, okay, that's an exaggeration. Yeah, I mean I've I've been on some bad couches. Uh, this before. is a pretty bad couch. You can get like a a free one at Goodwill for like that's way better. Jared's on the good couch. <laughs> I'm I'm, at, I'm not gonna lie, I'm kinda into this. I, yeah. I think I could get used to doing this more often. So uh we'll see how the sound quality if you guys are getting any sort of echoing or, or bad quality it's uh tyler i'm just gonna say something you gotta put mm-hmm. some things up on the wall brother yeah it's pretty bare walls. walls we're gonna redo the living room you so. got a mantle place that has all sorts of stuff on it well i know we're, we're redoing everything and, we're gonna put the tv up on this wall that no one can see right now <laughs> okay. so yeah okay so yeah. anyways thank thank you everyone for joining us for a very special episode thank, thank you tyler oh, i'm for, coming in hot i mean i'm ready to I, go I so for whatever you guys are ready to talk about you're in the com- you actually have a home field advantage on us right now yeah you guys i hope you came loaded and ready and, and it is a pretty busy week in hot. sports even though we don't really have anything new or different you know nba nhl season still gone there's a lot outside of the playing field happening this week you have the nfl free agency period starts this week uh the t- <sighs> 
tampering's oh, yes, been going did. on this weekend. Illegal yeah, tampering. Uh, I love that. I love how they call it legal tampering. I know. <laughs> what, what's the point of creating it, right? <laughs> right. Uh, MLB si- uh, signs a new CBA. Uh, that free agency, spring training, getting going this week. NHL trade deadline is the 21st, which I believe is Monday. Uh NCAA basketball tournament. You know, we don't talk a whole lot of college sports on here. I thought we'd have to bring that up a little bit. And then, of course, we have Tyler on here. We got to talk a little hockey, not just avalanche hockey, which we will discuss a little bit, but we got to touch a little bit on some other uh, local teams and and what they're doing this season. So before we get to that, guys, Connor, we need to get to this day in sports history. This day in sports history. 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 All right, with this week in sports history, got a couple things going on. March 18th, 1995, Michael Jordan announces he is ending his seven-month NBA retirement, de facto pulling a Tom Brady slash Brett Favre. Oh, no, no, no. You can't say that. <laughs> MJ's the one that did it first. Okay, they pulled so they're, an MJ. So they're pulling an MJ. Got it. All yeah. right. Is MJ the best ever? Oh, God. Another conversation for another time. Yes or no? It's a quick yes or no. No. Yes. Okay, then move on. Okay. (laughs) March 19th, 1991. NFL owners strip Phoenix of the 1993 Super Bowl game due to Arizona not recognizing Martin Luther King Day. Get out of here. You know, Arizona also doesn't recognize daylight savings. They're geniuses. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I knew, I knew that. I, I they don't, don't recognize a lot in I Arizona. Bet they might still recognize Martin Luther King Day now. Who, who knows? Well, I'm sure they do now. What year yeah. was that? What year was that? That was 91. 91. And that sounds not long as long, not that long ago, but that was a long time mm-hmm. ago. I got two more for you here. March 19th, 2019, Houston Rockets guard James Harden becomes the first player in NBA history to score at least 30 points against all 29 opponents in a single season. With wow. 31, with a win over the Atlanta Hawks. Wow, James. There you go. Wow. And this one, this one's interesting. This is the last one I got for you. But March 20th, 1934, American all-around female super athlete Babe Didrikson Zaharias pitches a hitless inning for the Philadelphia A's in their exhibition preseason baseball game against the Brooklyn Dodgers. So I, I did a little look into this this lady. She's a two-time gold medalist, mm. a heck of a basketball player, runner, track athlete. She said, hey, I can go play baseball and, and went to go learn from some professional players. Went in and actually got three different appearances in pro baseball. She was the first female really? to play in a pro baseball game. You got the stats? Uh, yeah. So the first, the first inning, she got out of it with no runs, okay? But she walked a batter hit a batter, mm. and then the guy hits a line drive to the shortstop, and they turn a triple play. Yeah, I wouldn't she draft got out her. of it. I wouldn't draft her. <laughs> no, she, <laughs> set, she set so that up, talk. man. The show, that was some intimidation. She pegged yeah. the guy. She said, I ain't afraid of you guys. <laughs> so I, don't know, I thought that was interesting. So, you nice know. job. I like yeah. it. Yeah. So is that it? Is that that's, that's it. That's all I got all right, for so you. That's how, so that's what you guys do, huh? All right. That's all I got for you. This day in sports history. Mm-hmm. All right. I feel like... We probably should have all heard of that happening. What's, what's her name? Babe Ruth? No. It's uh, Babe Didrikson. Mm. Mm-hmm. Remember it. Remember okay. it. I go. think Babe was a nickname, but regardless. All right. Yeah. 
So as we mentioned, it is a pretty crazy week this week in in sports uh, in 2022. And am I crazy or does this stuff not all stack up in one week? Well, you can be crazy and this stuff can stack up in the same week. Those both can be true. Is that always how it's been year over year? Why do I not ever remember like all of this happening the same week with obviously the MLB, that's different. But NFL free agency, is that usually the week of the tournament? I mean, is is NFL tournament? First of all, Connor would be the one who'd know this. Has NFL free agency changed their offseason timeline? And then is it usually this spicy? Like, is it usually this oh, hot? Oh, it's always this spicy. It's definitely this hot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, I think it's almost been a little bit, like, mild. Like, like the medium what? salsa, not the hot salsa. I mean, not in Denver. It, it's extra hot in Denver. So it's like the well, salsa sure. verde. It's like the salsa yeah, verde Yeah, salsa option. verde. Yeah, yeah, like a little green. What, green. what, like, I've had to just relegate to, like, I can't, I can't go for the red anymore. It's Why? Just, oh, it's just too much. Well, a little bit here or there? Oh, I love it. It's yeah. delicious, but... Let's just not get into it. It's just too much, okay? <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, it, it, it is always pretty it. hot. I it, like. I think it's always really hot, Tyler. So, uh, and we're talking but, about NFL right free now, agency so, again now. So right? I think right now we're we're especially getting it. Uh, we're we're especially feeling it because baseball is insane right now. Because because normally speaking, you get a much longer time frame where these deals are trickling in, and and now it's like everyone is rushing to get their free agents signed within a week. Well, so let's it's let's wild. talk about that. Obviously. Uh, Major League Baseball came to an agreement on a new collective bargaining agreement. And, um, you know, I think overall it seems like a little bit on both sides they gave to get there. But overall it does seem like from what a lot of that I've heard, and Connor, I'm curious to hear hear what you're – you know the details you have with things. But it seems like the owners, as they typically do, kind of came out on top in this. Yeah, I think they gave a little bit. You know, I I honestly – I think for our listeners' sake, it's – it's less interesting to talk about these salary aspects. It'd be it's much more interesting to talk about like the actual effects on what is happening with baseball. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, some of the sticking points, the the luxury tax, right, went up a little bit. It has a tiered system. If you're really interested in knowing the exact numbers that the Rockies will never reach, please feel free to go check it out. <laughs> uh, you know, they increased the amount of time, or I'm sorry, they increased the salary for minimum salary for players. Uh, the They decreased the amount of time that teams are allowed to send up and down a player. Um, so, you know, there was some major wins for the players too. Um, some of the more interesting things in terms of like from a fan's yeah, perspective. Please, that let's doesn't make really this hit. interesting. Yeah, well, <laughs> so we got uh, uh, obviously... There's going to be a full 162 game season. The owners Dude, so great. close. We were so close. <laughs> so <laughs> to close to Jerry games, getting man. his wish. He wanted the the shortened season, but uh, it obviously just turned out to be a negotiation tactic by the owners because they still got a deal done, and now there's no games canceled. Big surprise! Oh, wow, the you notice these got deals money. never happen until the 11th hour or past. Right, right. So that's why. And so sweet, uh, sweet. So okay. So you know, obviously, free agency transactions open for business. Um, the postseason has been expanded to 12 teams. And so what this did, and it's actually the format too. So I'm just going to briefly explain it. Uh, There was five teams that was making the playoffs, right? And as you recall, the three division winners would get a bye. And then the fourth and fifth were a wild card team. And they would play one game to see who moves on into the playoffs. Which makes so much sense. Let's play 162 games (laughs) and and play one. Have it boil down to one. Okay, yeah. No, I, I, I tend to agree. And so... They have now made it uh, an extra team. So there's six teams from each conference. And the top two division winners, not all three of them, but the top two division winners get a bye. Okay. That third place division winner I'm into has that. to play in the wild card round. I'm into that. And, and then what's the wild card? The wild card is two wild card 
three game series. So there's four teams in the wild card round, and it's a three game series. Oh, I'm into it rather than just a single game. I'm and so into you, it. So then you, those two, then go on to face the two, the two, and then it's the same thing from then on. Best of seven uh, in the in the. I like that. They, that's yeah. a lot better than what they had before. I think and so too. You know, I'm yeah. not a proponent. I've been very outspoken on the show that I hate adding in teams to the playoffs the, look at no further than the NBA where there will be several teams below 500 that make the playoffs so I'm never a fan of expanding the playoffs but I think this helps make it better but I think I that. think I know why the leagues like to do it if you have half the the league where fan bases are excited it keeps them hooked they're watching more and it keeps teams from tanking it keeps I teams know from that's tanking. one big time from tanking. Is, is, yeah. and you're and, 10 games below 500 instead of trying to lose you're trying well, to win and the uh, TV revenue money they get from an extra round of I mean that's a, that's a big I thing know. it's it's really no, all about the money at the end of the day really it, it really is um, I remember uh, working in radio when when teams who we covered the buffs or it and it I heart like the Avs or the Nuggets or Rockies when they go to the playoffs everyone everyone's making money I mean everyone who covers them people who have jobs the games people I mean everyone who have ancillary little roles I mean, every, everyone makes more money right. so it's a big deal for the you know the I mean hotels even you know look at stuff like that people flying in so uh, it's a big deal when you when you make the playoffs yeah, no doubt. And, and so I, I like this change, too. I think we're all in agreement. It's, it's a good change. You also look at change. just the baseball playoff, baseball playoffs, and it's it's uh, six teams still. So, I mean, relative to the other pro sports, it's still a pretty exclusive club. Okay, stop trying to make baseball seem big. Connor always playing defense for baseball. Here's no, no. why we should so, all love baseball. No, so the reason I mention that is because some of the people's complaints specifically about baseball was like, Baseball was the last sport that had a really exclusive amount of people making the playoffs. And it was really cool because you had to work so hard, a whole 162 games, and, That's and just what, only a yeah. few teams make it. You know, I mean, I don't know. There's people out there listening. Yeah, they're called big, crazy baseball yeah. fans who get defensive about so everything I, else in the sport. I, I, I like it, but uh, so it's, it's a good good format. The um, <laughs> Con- <laughs> Connor, sorry for real on baseball. No, though. hey, hey, you know, it's, hey, it's not for everybody. It, it's kind of like. By the way, I do have a solution to save the sport. If you want to hear it, it's a one step solution. I'm not going to make a whole deal out of it. It's a quick solution to save the sport and get people more interested you want to know it do this it is very easy mm-hmm. expand the strike zone that's all it takes pitchers start you, you you get rid of all the nonsense get rid of all the walks i mean there's already so much power in the game expand the strike zone they're swinging more more strikes the game goes quicker eh. that's it expand the strike zone boom. okay if you're gonna go Over. that route and you're gonna try to I, I think that would make it more boring because that means oh. that's gonna be more of a pitcher's game it's gonna be more uh bad hits and dribblers and little pop-outs. If you want to really make it more exciting, and I'm not really for this, but if you wanted to, move down the pitcher's mound to not be so high and maybe move it back by about a foot. Then what you're going to do is you're going to make a lot more hits, a lot more offense, a lot more home runs. See, I just uh, think make the bases a little I bigger. I don't think making the game quicker is the issue. Making the game more entertaining yeah. is the issue. But, but Connor, I think a bigger strike zone doesn't lead to more about the pitchers. I think right now the pitchers get away with a lot of nonsense. They're I mean, right now the biggest issue is is umpires and by the way, robot umpires solve all of this. Oh yeah, yes. we're all there. We're yeah, all there yeah. on that same page. But, 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 a, bi- but a big problem is uh and I love, I think it's Ump Scorecard on Twitter that keeps track of the uh, accurate balls and strikes. 
that's the issue is these close balls and strikes on the outside of the plate. If it's no question and you can get two balls on each side of the plate up down, you're going to have aggressive hitters. And I think if the aggression that we already see in the game that leads to strikeouts in, in, in power, just just increase that. More interesting, more runs. No. We don't need to make the game quicker. And seven innings. From nine innings to seven. All right. For I'm the okay record, I disagree. But we will continue. <laughs> Do you see what you've done? Do you see what I you've do, done, yes. Tyler? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, another another one of the big changes. There's going to be no more game 163s. So that means if there's a tie at the end of the season for the division, it's going to be a tiebreaker. There's not going to they're not going to play a game for the division. It's going to be based off of some. I really don't know what it is, but some formula of something or other for a tiebreaker. Okay. Uh, so we got that. Uh, and then you know the other big change is, which I think is good, is the N- uh, the NL has now adopted effective immediately a DH. Um, I love that. Yes. Yeah. No, it's great. Well, it's, yeah. It that, is good. That, that's going to be the most noticeable one for anyone watching the games. You're not going to have to see them pitchers hit anymore. And I think that is goes along the lines with just making more entertaining games. Yeah. So, so. Who, so those who, are some of the big changes. So we don't need to have the Rockies now it, that free agency. So effective immediately, as soon as this went into place, it was like everything opened up. So have the Rockies done anything? I mean, let's just say ESPN hasn't popped up saying anything about <laughs> yeah, it. So. Yeah, they've got yeah they've got a couple uh, a, a couple as, as of now. I think we're, we're recording on. Uh, we're Tuesday, March fifteenth. Is that correct? Yeah, That's it correct. is. Uh, so yeah, I mean, as of, as of right now, they they have signed uh, Jose Iglesias, shortstop. He is a uh, he's a shortstop. He's a a good defender and and a contact hitter, a career two seventy seven hitter. Definitely not going to hit a lot of bombs. I'm just um, picturing Enrique Iglesias. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, more exciting. And then they also yeah, signed a, a a relief pitcher, Alex Colom. Who has been, you know, in high leverage situations before? Actually, not a bad little pickup there. So. That's always the line. Everyone says he's been in high leverage situations. Yeah, in so baseball, that means eighth inning, ninth inning. We don't know anything so that about means. these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. you know, I do, I'm, and I'm I'm some of our listeners just might know I'm something skeptical. about. It. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, hey, nothing splashy. Although there is rumors, um, there is reports, I should say, not rumors. There are reports that the Rockies are really going after um oh god now now uh, uh, chris bryant yeah really going after chris i, bryant. I yeah. heard that as well which is strange to me and and it doesn't well what's you, strange to me is why would chris bryant want to sign with the yes. rockets <laughs> Get those stats okay i'll up. give you the answer i'll give you the answer yeah exactly he it, tyler hit it on the head the answer is i could absolutely see him signing like a three-year deal with the rockies right coming in uh, putting up those stats and then searching for one last payday, right? Jumping to another team and getting one last payday after he puts up stats here in Coors. So can I can I say I would happening. not be a fan of getting Chris Bryant? Not because he's not a great player. I think he's an awesome player. That's not what the Rockies need. I mean, I think at this point we if we don't understand a power hitting. You know, third base. But baseman, there's a like, certain point where you can't only sign pitchers. I mean, you do need no, to sign guys. No, 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 and no, no, if no. You can bring. There is not that point. We haven't even gotten close to reaching that point yet. The Rockies need to. But you also have to fill out, out a roster. Okay, but Tyler, Tyler, here's the thing about the Rockies too. You look at their roster. And I know they lost John Gray, right? Thank but, God. The Wolf of <laughs> Wall you, Street. Yeah, I call him the okay, Cat of Wall. So Wazi. you know what? Because you don't the feline of Wazi. Because you don't like John Gray, this point should even be more true for, from your perspective. Okay. The Rockies had a decent rotation. Believe it or not, last year, they were not a bad rotation in baseball. Their bullpen 
had a couple nice pieces, but they had a a few big holes too. They need a couple more bullpen pieces. The Rockies offense last year was bottom five in the league. Bottom three in the league. And that can't happen at Coors Field if you're expecting to win games. I mean, it can't happen anywhere, but there's no excuse for that at Coors Field. None. So do you think think that it was some kind of anomaly? I mean, after 82 games or 81 games, whatever, you're going to have a good idea. But uh, I do not. I think that this offense, I I think it's weak. It's struggling. You have aging outfielder and and Charlie Blackman. Let let me throw one more at you. Just just playing devil's advocate. If they sign Chris Bryant, is that an excuse for management not to get other players and then start filling this team around him do you think the management wants to win at all i mean that's two different questions but oh man i think he i do think he wants to win but i think he wants to win within his parameters so is this an excuse now if we sign chris bryant or if the rocky sign chris it's bryant appeasing okay, it's appeasing the the crowd it appeases the it crowd brings a name but also if from the i've said this before on the show for the Rockies' strategy to actually win mm-hmm. uh with what they have to work with their strategy needs to be drafting heavy on pitchers and, and 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 getting talent in here pitching, right? And then you can cheat a little bit at Coors Field and getting some of these free agent bats to actually sign with you. Because you're not getting any free agent pitchers to come sign here unless you just overpay the hell out right, of them. Like, right. that's not happening. And so... I, you know, any any sort of strategy, it doesn't take a genius to figure this out. You need to you need to build your pitchers, right? You need to build them through the draft, and then you, and and maybe trading for prospects and stuff like that. And then you need to go out and and you can you can get a couple of those free agent bats, right? Uh, free agent batters. And so I don't know. I, I think yes and no. I do think he wants to win the uh, meaning Monford the the Rockies. They're not the the Marlins. They're not you Why? know the Royals. They're not these teams that just pocket their revenue sharing checks, as I mentioned, uh, you know, a few weeks ago. Uh, the Monfords actually, I will say this about them, and I, I don't ever give the compliments to these guys, but <laughs> the one thing I will say is they at least spend the revenue sharing check they get from the MLB typically on players. So the, the revenue sharing that they get, whereas other teams pocket it. So pocket Connor, it here's money. something that stood out to me about the teams that you mentioned. They've won World Series championships. They have. (laughs) Spend all the money you want on yourself. I don't care. Pocket it. Put a damn winning product on the field and I'll be happy. Yeah, so that's true. for me, I'd rather give me that one championship in the bunch. And I get that they did make it to the World Series. There was one year, but... I think that that uh, I'd rather see a, an owner go try to win a championship uh, that way. I, I hear you. I hear you. And and you know, I think I think there'll be a time. Maybe in a couple of weeks, we'll do a, a Rockies preview on some kind of some of the dust. Yeah, once, yeah. Give a little bit of a Rockies preview, what to expect. But uh, you know, I think I think we're done boring the people for yeah. yeah I think that's enough. <laughs> enough. Actually, I, I've got a good segue here because uh, I talked to Jared before the show, and uh, I thought since I'm filling in for producer Nick. Uh, I could bring a little bit of a new element and talk about some non-sports uh, news stories. Is that okay with you guys? No, non-sports nonsense. Non-sports nonsense, exactly. So uh, I've got a couple... Ooh, I like it. Is that trademark? Trademark. Boom, right there. <laughs> yeah, Copyright no. pending. <laughs> non-sports nonsense. All right. So, uh, uh, all right. Here we go. I've got a couple... So these are non-sports related. Uh, and these are kind of cringy, too. So I'm Don't just saying. Me. You guys got to get oh, ready good. for these. All right. Um... First one, box of human heads stolen from truck in Denver. Did you guys see this? Have I you did, seen I this? Did heard see about this. this? I did see this. Yeah. Wait, why were there human heads a box containing in a human, box? <laughs> in human heads? Must be for research. Why was it yeah. on a truck? And was the driver aware that that's what he was driving? And was the driver my ex-girlfriend? 
Uh, <laughs> is there something that you need to no, confess to the audience? I'm Why kidding. would that be the case there? Wow. I hope uh, she doesn't listen to the show. She's a lovely lady. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, uh, there was a, a. Oh, you said box of heads, not box of souls. Sorry. Mm. Oh, <laughs> my bad. All right. <laughs> uh, there was a car parked at, uh, I think it was. Uh, 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 it was it was it was in a busy area downtown. Does it, oh, it was a where central, this car it was, was central park. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I mean that that's kind of interesting. Like why Central Park? You think it would be like in a, in like a parking garage somewhere? So anyway, it was part of Central Park. Someone stole the box of heads. They have no idea where it is. If you know where this box of heads is, call nine one three stop seven two zero nine one three stop and tell where the box the of heads is. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah, they're they're Fantastic. offering some money for. It. All right, uh, the next one. What this, are you giving th- to our listeners? This right doesn't now? get any better. <laughs> uh, a Denver woman woke up to a bleeding stranger in her home. There was a guy. Uh, this chick wakes up. Was it? Was it Chad? Th- this Kelly? was like two weeks ago. Was it Chad Kelly? Uh, no, <laughs> no, it wasn't. Okay, this this was like two weeks ago. This woman wakes up and her dog was barking downstairs. She just thought someone was like outside or delivered something. And there was a guy on her couch who wouldn't wake up. She eventually wakes him up to see that he's bleeding. He lifts his head up. He didn't know how he got there. She kicks him out and uh, didn't call the cops, she said. She just kicked him out. So, that yeah. makes the news? <laughs> that made my news segment. I was expecting more than that. That made my news segment. Guys, so, oh, some guy was caught her if you, and then if nothing you woke happened. up and there was a bleeding man in your living room, what would you do? Would you Would you assist the man? I don't I don't. No. I'd probably do exactly what she didn't like. Get the hell out. That's yeah. about it. Yeah, I I'm guess it, call I guess it depends him. the state that the man yeah. seems to be in. If he seems to be very coherent and talks very reasonably to me and say, gives a very quick explanation as to like why the hell he needs to be here. There we go. I finally All got right. the news music to oh. work. All right, hey, and then I have one more. This one's okay, about okay. an Alabama. Right. This one's about a uh, someone on a plane from Alabama to Colorado. Uh, unruly passenger made the flight divert. And they had to land in Kansas. I guess I know where producer Nick is now. Oh! Oh no, I forgot he's Zing. in Costa Rica. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. So but we think. No, it was. Maybe his plane got diverted in Kansas. Yeah, a woman no, who appeared no. to be in her thirties was asking for more alcohol, refusing to wear a face mask and cursing. That's what I was going to assume. It was the face the mask. The flight thing. landed in Wichita, and officers came on board to remove her. They don't so. mess around with their face masks on the airplane, man. But I got to say that news segment was a bit of a swing and a miss. So there you go. I tried to I tried See, to bring a little fun with the news, but the news is never fun. No, this is why I only listen to and watch sports related news. I just don't. Yes. I can't. I can't handle regular news. It's depressing. Yeah, I can't either. I, I all of a sudden, there's apparently show. boxes of heads yeah, I, being I, stolen out of cars. I heard the boxes on hu- human heads on something else. I was like, that's not true. And I wanted to. I mean, that's kind of weird. That's really strange. Weird. Like, who would steal that? Yeah, did the article give any con- uh, context around why there was a box of heads? Yeah, in they Central said it Park? was uh, for research. Oh, for medical see, look, I, that's, what I, that's my guess. For medical for research. research purposes. That's what they say. That's yeah. what they say. Okay. I'm not so sure. All right. Okay. Non-sports Mo- nonsense. Yes. Get out of here. Moving on <laughs> to some NCAA tournament talk. And, Connor, I'm curious, over under one game of NCAA men's basketball that you watched this year? Oh, over for sure. Over, okay. Oh yeah, I watch. I watch a lot of it. I love it. Okay, I'm actually under. I never. I did not watch one full game all year. This is not really? usual for me. Really, I usually watch a little bit, especially at least CU. I'm a CU fan. You didn't Tyler, watch any buses this year. I didn't. It's just there's so much going on sometimes in life. Excuse, excuse, right? Are oh, you saying you're saying college basketball college throughout basketball, the year? Throughout the okay, year. Okay, uh, okay. It is over, but like two. 
Okay. <laughs> it's two. Yeah. Oh yeah. Once I get to yeah. the tournament, the tournament I'll be watching I watch all everything. the tournaments. Yes. Yeah, it's great. Sorry, it's I great. didn't. I didn't phrase that well. Yeah. So far this year, over under one game. You say you're just a little low. Oh yeah, it's a good over under though. Okay. <laughs> it's a good. Over-under. And I know Tyler. I know you watch, but you have. I don't want to even say issues because you're good at it, but you know, <laughs> it's my job. You do a lot. You you watch a lot issues. of sports. Yes, I do. I you do have issues. Lot don't lie. Don't well, I got don't, a lot of issues. Don't look at me like that and just I got, lie. I got a lot of issues. <laughs> yeah, but no, I I I don't watch uh, when the season tips off a lot. I, I I keep track of it, but I really start watching in December, January. Okay. Yeah. And that's obviously a great uh, time of year for everyone. I think we all get into the NCAA tournament. Uh, local teams, just kind of quickly bringing that up. Uh, Tyler, you and I, obviously, we do, just for a, a shameless plug, we do another show on the Woos Media Network called Buffs Nation. Yes. Uh, we're huge CU fans. That show specifically follows the football team, but big fans of the basketball team as well. They got shafted, man. And they, they, in my mind, there's no way they shouldn't be in this field. Look, now, I didn't, again, watch any of it, but just looking at their resume, it feels like they got shafted. That's what a lot of people are saying. I don't think they did. And I'm the biggest okay. Bucks fan you're going to okay. find. But uh, according to Ken Palm, which is a great rating system, uh, they're the 70th best team in the country. They lost a couple key games. I know they beat Arizona on the road, but you can't just have one great game. No, I did see the 77th ranked team in that same list that did not win a title, uh, a championship game, made it over them. But they probably had a better red. Do you know the team who that, uh, oh, which man. team that is? I'll see if I can look it up. Keep, keep talking. Okay. And I, I can probably pull it up too here in a sec, but they probably just had a better resume. And there's a lot of good teams who got left out this year. Oklahoma got left out. Uh, Dayton, who had a pretty good record, got left out. So uh, I think overall, you know, I would have loved to see CU there, but I don't think they got like screwed over or anything like that. I love to watch them. Connor, I'm pulling it up right now, by the way. Uh, the 77th team is Towson. They didn't get in. The 74th did. That's Rutgers. Rutgers. Yeah, and they played in the Big That's Ten, but it was. the committee loves the Big Ten. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Uh, I know Tad Boyle was very outspoken about the East Coast bias. He felt like there was an East Coast bias there's going a ma- on. There's there. a massive bias. I of mean... Course. That's the games a lot of these people watch, and I've got a couple other notes on the committee when we talk about the the tourney. But yeah, I agree with Ted Boy. And look, I'm not crying here, or, you know, doing anything I think's outrageous. But I do believe there's a bias. Now, look, the whole Pac-12 bias, the West Coast bias, I sort of understand it this year. I mean, the Pac-12 was not the strongest conference in the world, so for. for Tad Boyle to be upset about that. I mean, we'll see how they do in the postseason, but the Pac-12 is not strong. I think is the Pac-12 strong in anything? Men's sports. They're actually like very track? strong in many women's sports. What about like track? or? I, I don't know. It just feels like the Pac-12 is just down. Like they, Baseball. Stanford and Oregon State are really good at baseball. CU needs a baseball team. Yeah. But CU did not make it in, but one other Colorado team did. And yeah, I was CSU. pretty surprised. CSU is in at a number six. And again, not having watched any of their games, that's a kind of a shock to me. They didn't even win their conference championship. Well, no, they lost to Boise, who it's a really good team. But, but, but here, just put it this way. The Pac-12 has three teams in the tournament. The Mountain West has four. Okay, so CSU, wow. uh, CSU 25-5 and five this year. Uh, they're the sixth seed against Michigan. Uh, the CSU is a really good team offensively. They're top 20 in most major offensive categories, at least for advanced stats. 
And uh, like like I said, they play Michigan. I think it's going to be a tough matchup. I mean, yeah. Michigan's a really yeah, good team. They, is it just me, or does it seem like every time a Colorado team makes the NCAA tournament, they get some like blue blood <laughs> program that they play? It's always Michigan or Michigan State or Purdue or something this like that. That way. Uh, yeah. So my alma mater, UNC Bears, go Bears! They lost in the championship. Yeah, they did lose in the championship. They got creamed in the championship. And hey, they were four and a half um, point underdogs. You guys are both UNC no. alma maters, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. that's correct. Uh, so I do remember UNC made the tournament uh, back when we were in college. I, I don't know what year it yeah, was. that's right. But they got blown out by San Diego State and won Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, Kawhi. I, I remember watching oh. that game and just being like, damn, this guy is good. Yeah, <laughs> I, re- I remember seeing him in college and it was like, he is like the best guard out there, but I'm pretty sure he's playing power forward for him. He's just like that kind of like a point forward. Yeah, he's just so damn big, you know? He did just destroy the Bears. I was really hopeful a a couple weeks ago that we were going to get three Colorado teams in the tournament this year. Such a lot. Wouldn't that have been something? It was close. And it now really we close. just get to watch CU. CSU get creamed in the first and round. And nobody even like wants to watch <laughs> CSU, right? No, like, I, I think Michigan I mean, wins. Yeah. But I do I, have some notes. Oh, I want to okay. watch CSU. If, every, if anybody wants to fill a bracket out, I've got some notes and some thoughts on the uh, bracket in general this year. All right. I love it. I need it because right. I have not filled mine out yet. So, right, so, so a couple things. Uh, a couple notes on the committee. Like we talked about, the committee hates mid-majors and, not, and teams that aren't really big. I think that uh, the committee understands when I say the committee, I mean the committee who makes the bracket. They understand that this is a TV show. And I mean, I see these different matchups. I think it's like Murray State plays San Francisco, a 7-10 matchup. Both these teams have unbelievable years and the committee puts them together. It's no surprise. All these mid-majors have hard games in the first round or hard games in the second round. So the committee gives these mid-majors very tough paths. And uh, the other thing you notice is Without a doubt, there is a conference bias. Okay, now that may be a good or bad thing. If you think the Big Ten is more talented, the ACCA is more talented, then that's a good thing because the teams who are deserving get in. But if you're a fan of the Pac-12, fan of CU, you know it can be annoying. So, all right, here's some notes for what you want to do if you're filling a bracket out and you're going to fill out an office bracket or do anything for money. Here are some notes, and, and these are not opinions; these are just facts about the tournament and maybe some misconceptions. So one thing you always hear about the tournament is that the the upsets, the upsets, it's the time for Cinderella, it's Cinderella's year. Well, that's true. Every year there are a good amount of upsets, but it's usually one to three or four games in the very first round, and it's rare that a real bad team or a team lower than a 7-8-9 gets far in the tournament. Of course, you're going to have your times where UConn was a 7, they got far, or maybe a, a VCU stumbles in, but generally, the lower seeds do not do well, and the one seeds advance and do very well. So when you're picking upsets, be few and far between, but do pick upsets. Now, in terms of the one seeds... In the last 15 years, and I focus on the last 15 years for some of these stats because the game really, I think, in college changed during that kind of, during that, you know, 15, 20 years ago. More three pointers like we see in the NBA. So I thought 15 years was a good, uh, good, you know, kind of estimate. There's been a one seed in 13 of the last 15 championship games. And in that same time frame, okay, in that same 15 years, there's been a one versus a one. How many times? How many, how many times in 15 years do you think it's been a one versus a one? Um, uh, go ahead. Seven. Oh, no. I'm going to go less than that. I'm going to say like three. Four. <laughs> Connor said seven and three. You said four. <laughs> I'll go seven. It's five. Okay. That, that's a third of the time. Yeah. The last 15 years, it's a one versus a one. So one seeds definitely get there. Uh, and five seeds. Okay. So if you do want to pick an upset, the 5 12 matchup, 
this goes back to uh, same time, 15-year time span, okay? Five versus 12. The five seed only wins 59% of the time. That is low. That is low. 59% of the time, the five seeds are winning. So the 12 seeds, as of late, the last 15 years, have been uh, pre- you know, doing pretty well. Uh, since play-in games were created in 2011, nine of the 10 seasons, because that's been 10 seasons with COVID, nine of the 10 years, the teams who had a play-in game won at least one more game. So when you're filling your bracket out and you see the sixth seed against Rutgers slash Notre Dame, don't just be lazy and automatically fill in the sixth seed every year, except for one, last 10 years, at least uh, one of those teams has won again. And then finally, uh, 15 years, that's how long it's been. This is a big one if you like Baylor this year. It's been 15 years since a repeat champ made it past the Sweet 16. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Yeah. That is really surprising to me because it seems like, you know, when we were kids... And you're it's, bringing was, players back. It was always, there, yeah. yeah, the so, same yeah. teams it's year been, after it's year It's been 15 year. years since the champ got past the Sweet 16 in the following year. So if you like Baylor, they're going to have to do something that hasn't been done in 15 years. So there you go. Those are my notes for the tournament. All right. Fun stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. We're going to have to... How many How many brackets do you guys fill out? Just a couple. Just a couple. Yeah. Yeah. A few. Maybe, uh-huh. maybe three or four. Yeah. I, I try to get a couple in, you know, a couple series, one that's the screw around. That's always the best one. I do all the free ones, though. You know, you, oh, can, uh, okay. you can do like the ESPN and the Fox and all those free ones for the million dollars. So I never... Maybe, maybe next year. <laughs> never maybe, maybe you'll get it next year, Tyler. Maybe this year. Uh, you'll win the million this year. Okay. Yes. Yeah. All right. Last thing before we move off of college sports is... Uh, Talk a little hockey. Uh, Frozen Four yeah, coming up here. I'll, I'll make this very quick, but uh, hockey is wrapping up. The Frozen Four tournament is starting up, and uh, it's 16 teams who get in. So the way it works in hockey is there's four host cities and four teams at each site for a total of 16 teams. Uh, Loveland is actually a host city this year, and Denver's going to be a host team. So that means Denver's going to get a top four overall seed. And that's seed. at uh, Budweiser Event Center, I believe, yep, up there. Bu- yep, Budweiser, uh, Budweiser Event Center in Loveland. The games are the 24th and 26th. So coming up here this month, the 24th and 26th, the uh, 24th, the... Uh, the first couple games, and then the 26th of the championship game to see who goes to the final four. Uh, currently, DU's ranked third in the country. Minnesota State's number one, Minnesota's number three, and Michigan's number four. So uh, DU's really good this year. Uh, a lot of good players, and uh, they play here coming up. So if you want to go watch them, the 24th in, uh, in Loveland. How hard is it to get a ticket to that, do you think? It's not, it's not, it not hard at all. Hard? And I think it's yeah. only like 30 bucks or so for, for tickets. So Av should take a page out of their book. All right. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Remember we said though, Avs are the cheapest of the four uh, teams. Uh, yeah, you try to convince. You try to convince. We're not us. buying it, Tyler. But no, I mean DU. They have. I think they have uh, nine or ten players who are drafted right now who are playing. So they're fun awesome. to watch. Go support and that's them. so cool to me, right? They get drafted and then they keep playing through the playoffs. So oh yeah, cool. for sure. I mean, it, 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 if you want to see a player who I think is going to have a really good career, his name is Bobby Brink. He uh, was drafted by Philadelphia, I think, in the second round. Uh, he leads the team with 55 points. He's got 14 goals, but 41 assists. I mean, he set stuff up, so he's fun to watch amongst you know a lot of other players. So there you go. Call that's all the college hockey will do. All right. Before we move on to the pro stuff, I, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at Thrive Fantasy. Uh, we talked to you guys about them last week, Daily Fort Sports, Daily Fantasy Sports app. 
And uh, you guys know, I'm if, if any of you guys have listened to the show, I'm no professional sports better, not like our buddy Tyler here. But Tyler, you turned me on to Thrive Fantasy a while ago, and it's a great app for those of you out there like me who aren't pros, who don't you know have all the necessary edges, things like that. Also great for pros like Tyler. You know, Tyler's done well with them as well. Daily fantasy sports you do on player props. So it's fun. It's a little bit of a different angle. Make sure when you sign up, you use our promo code RED. That's R-E-D. You get a free $100 deposit match. If you guys use that code R-E-D, that's Thrive Fantasy. Download the app or find them online, thrivefantasy.com. All right, time to move on to some pro sports, and we'll stick with hockey, okay? That's another big one coming up. NHL trade deadline is March 21st, which is Monday. And the Avs have been busy the last couple of days making a couple of moves. And I want to start there talking about what your thoughts are. Tyler will get your take on on a couple of these moves that they've made. Uh, Most notably, they've traded for uh, defenseman Josh Manson. To, uh, from the Ducks, and uh, and please tell me if I butcher names, because I'm sure I will. Uh, and then they traded away center Tyson Jost to the Wild, receiving Nico Sturm in, a, in return. Yeah, so uh, Josh Manson's a really good defender, and uh, that's what the Avs need is, I mean, we, we talked about this last time I came on, is they need more of that real hard-nosed defense. I was looking today, goals allowed per game. The Avs, when they go on the road, they're just average. They're right there, middle of the pack for goals allowed per game. And some of these other teams, like Carolina, uh, who just beat us, by the way, you know, who are looking at, at Stanley Cup runs as well, are top five in those categories. And I think that's really important to improve in those areas. Uh, great trade, because let's face it, the Avs have a lot of players right now who play defense who are worried about getting points and scoring, which is good, but... It's also great to have these physical guys. And look, the, the, the downside with Manson, two, two negatives you hear about him. Uh, a lot of penalties. So he spends a lot of time in the box. Uh, yeah, almost as many uh, penalty minutes as game is played. Yeah, a lot of time. Ooh, in the, I like that. A lot yeah. of time in the sin like bin that. for our boy Manson. But uh, also, he's so physical, he's got a hard time staying on the ice. And Health-wise, <laughs> you mean? Yeah, health-wise. And as an Avs fan, that's our biggest problem is having our, our, our players stay on the ice. We didn't play that physical of a, of a style in the first place. So I think it's going to be good. I think it's nice. We traded for him late in the season. Hopefully we you know kind of save him for that playoff run and he can show his physicality, but it's a great trade, and I like him bolstering that defense. Where does he fit in the defensive rotation? Is he the number three guy, well, right, number four guy? Right now is there's he... a couple injuries on defense. He'll probably actually fill in on the, uh, on the uh, second line next to – I think he's he'll probably – probably play next to Eric Johnson right now. Okay. But when everyone's healthy, he'll be a solid third liner. Come in, okay. be physical. A little bit on the uh, penalty kill, probably. Yeah, a little bit. Something night, like yeah, that. Some PK minutes, too. Uh, and then for... Uh, what, what do you think about it, Connor? About to the- oh, I, hey, I just listened to what you, what you were saying. I mean, uh, you know, hey, I know I know what I've, what I've read about it, but we keep seeing the, the Avs get criticized in these early playoff exits for not being physical enough, kind of getting beat up. Um, you know, I mean, it really, the, the Dallas series comes to mind where they just, just bullied us the entire time. So I don't know. It seems nice to have another guy like that coming in. I do like that. He is a unrestricted free agent after this year. And so, you know, his salary, which is some of it, some of the salary cap hit this year is getting paid for, um, not by the abs. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, I do like that. He's an unrestricted free agent so that, we don't have more money on the books because next year is going to be another tricky off season for Joe Sack. Yeah. So. And that's a good point. This to me though, does feel absolutely like this is Joe, Joe Sackick's response to 
not just the criticism, but his belief this team needs to be more physical. Well, and, and look, I mean, let's we've been kind of broad, but and I know this isn't a super big hockey audience because I don't think Denver is a super big hockey town. So just to be specific of kind of what I mean and what we mean when we talk about physicality and, and a defender who's going to step up in certain situations. Uh, last couple of years, the Avs have had these early exits because one thing they've been particularly poor at is getting the puck out of their own zone when they dispossess the other team, okay? So whoever we're playing, whether it's the Knights or whoever not just out a couple years ago, Avs are playing defense. They create a turnover behind their own net, and now it's time to move the puck up the ice, right? What the Avs have been really bad at in the playoffs is turning it over in their own zone once they get it, and now they're for, our forwards are already up the ice. It's four on three, and we give the other team a great look on net, and they score. That's what a player like Hanson will, 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 like Manson will eventually will, will do is improve those situations to where if the Avs give up those turnovers, the chances for the other team to score is less likely, and the Avs are going to be a lot better at getting the puck out of their own end because he's much more of a possession-oriented defender working the puck out instead of these guys like McCarr or even Devon Taves who want to get up the ice with Gerard. the other players. So, yeah, Gerard. So that's a specific example of what a player like that will do and how they will help in the playoffs. And, uh, yeah, just getting a little more specific there. Yeah. Well, what, what can you tell us about Nico Sturm? Or Stur- is it Sturm? Uh, Nico Sturm, Nico, uh, uh, yeah, Nico Sturm. Uh, he's, look, if you're looking at Tyson Jost in, in terms of upgrading. And he was kind of a fan favorite, it seems I like. I loved Tyson Jost, and he was really good with, like, those behind-the-scenes things. Like, he would always be the one, you know, on altitude to host the shows for the ads behind the scenes. So, he definitely was a fan favorite. Really good kid, and he, I'm going to miss having him. I mean, that's the kind of player you want in the locker room. And... You know, it was a weird trade to, to me because it wasn't a huge upgrade. I mean, the things that Sturm does well that that we're upgrading with from Jost is uh, face-offs mainly. He's great in on the circle, and that's what you need. And the Avs are a well below average face-off team. I think they're second or third to worst in the league right now. So he's going to be great for face-offs and, you know, maybe a little bit more physical than Jost would be. But overall, it's not a huge upgrade. I think what this does more is the salary cap. And to be honest, what I do, what I focus on with these teams is I don't do a whole lot of salary cap stuff. It's a waste of my time. I, I don't. There's no reason for me to know about that. So I couldn't tell you exactly why Joe Sackick's doing it or if that $1.5 million they're saving is going to be a big deal. But, you know, Jost is a, a good player. He's a good glue guy, good locker room guy. But, uh, you know, as long as we can improve in the in the uh, face-off circle. But here, here's the, the risky part, right? Is unless you use that cap money to our advantage this year, you mess with team chemistry. You mess with different stuff. So it's not as easy as, oh, he's better in the, in the, in the face-off circle. There's a lot that goes into these. But overall, you know, I think it is a slight upgrade for the Avs. But uh, big salary cap play, I think. Do you expect them to keep being active, make more moves between now and Monday? Or, and is there anything position-wise that you would like to see them target? Yeah, I think uh, they wouldn't mind adding a, another center. And I, I mean, all they did here was swap, right? Sure. Joe's first term. So I think if they add Claude Giroux, now they're going to have to give up a lot to get Giroux. And well, I think relative, they're going to have to give up a lot. And he is going to be available after this year. So if the Avs just want to start over in terms of the cap with a lot of these guys, it wouldn't be a bad move. And they are linked to getting Giroux. So... I would like that move. Uh, I don't think it's out of, you know, out of, out, of, out of question. But yeah, I mean, look, I, I guess I'll, I'll end on this. If they make another move, that'd be great. You know, adding to this team would be awesome. But they don't need to. Right now, they're set. They have a Stanley Cup team. So. All right, we're gonna try to today. We're gonna try to go for the four for. Okay, we're gonna try to get all four 
major sports that we're going to discuss in here. So we got a little Nuggets topic, a little bit of diving into the NFL free agency. So real quickly with the Nuggets, Connor, I want to touch on this. You just showed me here uh, what you're seeing coming in, reports coming through regarding Jamal Murray. Yeah, so uh, just just now we got some breaking news. Why we're sitting here? Yeah, we do. We do have some breaking news. Is that good? It's good. It's great. Oh, it's glorious. There we go. What do we got? Nick, you might uh, you might need some. Uh, you have some competition here in the producer <laughs> seat, buddy. It's okay. He'll come in for some lessons. All right. Uh, yeah. So uh, just coming in, actually, uh, sitting here while we're recording, Jamal Murray will be assigned. Was assigned today on Tuesday to the Grand Rapids. He will practice with them tomorrow and likely Saturday and then be sent back to Denver uh, as the Nuggets go on a three. They're in the midst of a three-game road trip. So That's big time. It is. It is. It is. I'm not going to lie. I was starting to panic. I'm like, oh, my God. There there hasn't been any news, any updates. Is that a bad sign? Yeah. Uh Yeah. uh, Okay. So, I mean, there was an update a few days ago that said, that a source is saying that he is 50-50 to come back this year, right? Which is not a good sign. I mean, that's not a good sign. It, we're, we're now at, we're getting close to uh, the year mark uh, from when it actually happened here in, a, here in a couple weeks, right? Here in a few weeks, early April, I believe. Yeah, it was something like the 12th, maybe something like that. I'm yeah. just throwing dates Yeah, so, so, I mean, hey, we're under a month from it being a year. I mean, in this day and age, man, a year is, uh, it's a, a pretty substantial time from a uh, ACL injury. And so... You know, the fact that that report came out, it was 50-50. Obviously, it makes you a little nervous. Uh, And then, you know, the other thing is uh, Jamal Murray has stopped doing his pregame routine. Um, for, for a couple weeks now, he has not been doing his, his pregame practicing, kind of shut it down. And, and it almost makes you wonder, like, hey, was something going on there? I still, this is good news. This is good news, Nuggets Nation. Uh, I would still take it with a grain of salt. Uh, they're just testing things out, I'm sure, right? They want to see how his body responds to some actual play rather than just some one-on-one and shooting drills. Uh, so we'll see. But hey, this is it's not bad news. This is good news. He will be practicing for a couple days and hopefully making his return uh, nice. here for the last month. And there, <clears throat> we've looked at it last week, I think, but the NBA playoffs starts like mid-April, right? Like the 20th, something like that. So that's enough time, just just about enough time to get him mid-April. That's when I believe so. Am okay. I am I way off on are you, that? Are you right on that? I don't know. Okay. Uh, yeah. No. Hey, it's good. It's good news, man. It's good news. Hopefully, we can get a, you know, some semblance of Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. both back for the playoffs. That would be fantastic. And, and really, oh, no. Awesome. Can you imagine? That would be so. I mean, that'd be we 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 would jump up and and be one of the favorites, right? You got to think so. And, Let's and, just say. My $100 Nuggets championship bet would look a lot better <laughs> than it does right now, okay? Uh, yeah, no, so, so that's good news. Um, hey, I, I know, uh, you know, obviously it's kind of just wait and see mode with him, so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk about it when some more news comes. I do want to touch a little bit on this Joel Embiid Jokic battle of the MVPs last night. Uh, yeah, fun one. Nuggets get a big win, 114-110 over the 76ers last night being Monday the 14th. Yeah, it was a really, really uh, interesting game. I mean, you get a lot of people in this game. So, got something for you, by the way. Um, Stat of the week. Stat of the week. Stat of the week. Got a little fun stat of the week for you on this one. The instinct on Tyler Wallace to just pick that up, man. This guy, he doesn't even know our hands. (laughs) Going with it. Uh, All right, so. That Nuggets 76ers game last night, according to the NBA, had the most 
Twitter engagements of any NBA game this season. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. What were people Twittering about? Is that is that the word Twittering? I don't no, it's know. probably tweeting. tweeting? It's yeah. more like, <laughs> I like Twittering. I like Twittering. Also. Twittering. Uh, no, I mean, hey, Twitter engagements just mean people talking about the game and tagging it, right? Mm. Uh, so uh, I thought it was interesting, okay? And PSA to the NBA out there and the powers that be, a Nuggets 76ers final, finals matchup would not lack in TV ratings. I do not think as, they, as some people might think it would, okay? Uh, I mean, these are two fascinating players, right? I mean, the two leading MVP candidates, right? A ton of hype. There is uh, a ton of, uh, uh, what do you call it? A rivalry. There, there's a, it's a rivalry brewing on social media between these these two fan bases, right? Sometimes getting a little nasty, t- calling each other out a little bit, putting down the other player. Well, and it's two fan bases that are kind of known to be a little rough around the edges. I mean, the the Philadelphia fan base has always sort of been, you know, regardless of sport, known as a rough, tough bunch. And I've I've commented before. I've met some pretty nasty Denver fans. Dude, they booed Santa. Yeah, they uh, yeah. booed it, Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. And, and Broncos fans booed Peyton Manning. Okay, so we we got wow. some pretty rough fan bases. But not only that, I think the rivalry builds because of you got a guy like Joel Embiid versus Nicole Jokic, and they're such opposite personalities. And so it kind of just builds that instant, you know, kind of butting of heads where Joel Embiid's a little more outspoken. But they're not uh, butting heads. They're like friends. They're I like know, after but, the game. but for fans where you kind of get behind that, you get behind your guy then, you know? <gasps> Would you rather yeah, you know have what? your favorite athlete fight his opponent or be friends with his opponent? What do you think? I don't really care. As long as when they're on the court, as long as they're when they're in between the lines, they're fighting like hell to win. I mean, yeah, I can echo. You that. know, I, I really don't care outside what what their relationship. Is. I mean, really could care less. It doesn't mean anything to me. But uh, you know, I'm going to push back a little bit with you on Jared uh, on this, Jared. I actually don't think Joel Embiid is as opposite of a personality as you might think. Okay. With Jokic. Okay. I, I mean, I watch a lot of Embiid in interviews, and I think he, yeah, yes, he he definitely is a little bit more. Uh, okay, but let's be real. Every superstar in the NBA ever is a little bit more outspoken than I mean pretty much right I mean sure. almost almost every single player in the NBA is going to be a little bit more brash and outspoken than Jokic is he's a very very unusually humble superstar uh, but you know Joel Embiid shows a little bit of, of that too at, at times and I think he's very confident and he definitely will talk himself up for MVP as does almost every other MVP candidate when they're asked directly about it uh, but Hey man, I like this guy. I think I think he's a little bit humble. He, he when when they press him about being the best player in the league, he'll say things like, "Hey, you know, there's there's several players that are playing really good and stuff like that." So I don't know. They might not be as opposite as you think. I think this rivalry is coming from the fact that both of these fan bases just feel neglected from from like uh, okay, from a larger. I'm not gonna, no, the, we are the, the Nuggets are way more neglected than that. Oh, 76 I, oh don't get me wrong. I see, but this is that. what he's talking about right here. <laughs> this is it. This is it. <laughs> this is it because because the, you want to start a fight on Twitter? Go say that I on do. Twitter and, and uh, see the Embiid fans come around. I love start. I love starting fights um, on Twitter. Hey man, so okay, let, let me get past this a little bit because I know we're trying to make the four today. So yeah, but, but hold it. on, I had a joke. Oh my God! A yeah, okay, joke. Tyler, Tyler joke silence yourself. Silence so, uh, no, yourself. Hold on. Okay, hold on. Hold on. This is a good one. This is a good one. So yeah, if producer Nick here was here. He would definitely silence me. So uh, if if Joel Embiid wins the MVP, he'll be the first person named Joel to win the MVP. And coincidentally, a time traveler has already written a song about it. 
the first Joel. Oh so maybe that was a prediction. <sighs> wow. Okay. Nick, Nick's got to get back. Hey, Woos Media, I need See, a mute button. you were doing so button. good. I need audition. a mute button from now on. Okay, mm-hmm. I need to be able to control this show. You, you were doing so good in your fill-in. You were, you were doing so well, and then you just had to nosedive. I got, my impre- I got my impressions, too, if you guys want me oh, to take God, it up. I did not want God. that. All right, hey, I want to get into this game just a little bit before we move on from yes, the Nuggets. Sir. It was a great game. Um, I think it, it was an interesting game because depending on your bias and also just your opinion and how you you watch the game you could literally have watched that game and come out with completely opposite opinions of who played better Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic now Nikola uh, Nikola Jokic had a really bad first quarter he had a really rough start to the game I mean he he did block Embiid which was pretty cool Uh, but he he had a rough rough start to the game seemed like he was forcing a couple things had three turnovers uh, not really characteristic of him but then he really settled down and and made a couple really nice passes uh, on national television which was really good for his case too you know a couple baseball passes down full court passes he had that really nice no look pass to Jeff Green on the fast break Um, I was listening to some of the national uh, media today talk about it and there's some of them that were like hey I haven't seen Jokic play in person before and I saw him play <laughs> and and they were raving about that no look pass I'm like homie this guy does this all, like literally every week he has like four of these things um, so but it's nice it's nice seeing him uh, you know actually get some of the credit for that but uh, the star of the show was not Nikola Jokic and we would be remiss if we did not touch on one Bones Highland who went off four three-pointers in the fourth quarter, one of them from the freaking logo. Like I'm almost half court, right? Uh, a couple of them right at the buzzer. I mean, he was rolling. Yeah, it's a shame that producer Nick couldn't be here because he's the biggest Bones guy. I mean, uh, he's been a Bones guy from day one. So yeah. uh, that it was fun to see. And and he's a local kid, right? He's from that area, is that right? He's from Delaware. He's from a t- okay. it's uh you know like thirty minutes away from Philly. He had a crowd of depending on if you ask Michael Malone or him, but somewhere in the neighborhood of five hundred to seven hundred people there. <laughs> Insane. Uh, that's it's awesome. wild, right? No, I love I love Bones. He brings a town with him. Yeah, I know? just imagine what his role with this team is going to be like two or three years from now. Like I, I think he, that he could be such a great fit with their big three, big four, whatever that, that, that the nuggets have. I, I think he could absolutely fit into what they do in the future, whether that's as a six man coming off the bench, or if he's the guy that steps into a starting point guard role, moving Jamal Murray to, to a, uh, a shooting guard role. Yeah, you know, I I, uh, I could see both. I, I could see both of those. I mean, well, hey, we'll we'll see. Time will tell. He um, he's a little. I know some fans out there are calling for him to start over Will Barton. Um, you know, one thing I would hesitate on that is is I mean, Will Barton is six six. He is six six and and more length and and Bones Highland is six one six two. So that is a big difference when when you're talking about and, and also. You know, I mean, hey, he's a he's a rookie. Uh, rookies make rookie mistakes, and for all the crap that people want to talk about, Will Barton, he certainly does stay in front of his uh, his man a little bit better at this point. Although Bones could certainly get, I mean, he has all the tools and the quickness to definitely get there, and I think he has the drive to do it as well. So um, it'll be interesting to see. It's a good question, Jared. But I got a nickname for Bones. The big that is his that nickname. is his nickname. No, 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 no. I got a new one. Okay. The, the big calcium. 
Man, he was. We we got to start cutting these shows a little shorter when we <laughs> got Tyler it. on here. Uh, you know, uh, you, uh, you guys know about this. Uh, honestly, hey, you learn. He's a he's a rookie, and you keep learning more about your players as you go. I was not aware. I, I guess I'd kind of heard something about it, but I wasn't really aware of of so, uh, that story that he had about the fire. Have you guys heard? No, about that? I, no, I've heard about it for the first time this week. Yeah. So what is it? So he, part of the people that were there supporting uh, Bones in, in the game, was the fire department from the town that he that he grew up in. And in 2008, I think it was 18, uh, 2018, not that long ago, uh, Bones had a fire in his family home and woke up, you know, was sitting there smelling tons of smoke. He, he was trapped. He ended up having to jump out of a second story window to to escape the fire and landed with his knee on the brick steps below uh t- tore up his knee got got surgery on it they you know he was told by some people that he would never play basketball at, his, at that level again uh that he you know he he was done um his grandmother and his his baby cousin unfortunately passed away in that fire oh my um, god and, and it really i mean yeah absolutely tragic story um but you know it's also a story of of kind of uh, the town rallying around him, you know, and and so part of the reason he is, you know, so connected to this community is, is because of a, a terrible event like that, and and you know he got a tattoo on himself uh, for his grandma and his cousin, and it's it's as he states it, it is one of it's the it's why he plays. He plays for a bigger purpose every day, as he says onto the court. Um, yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, pretty heavy story, but uh, you know, and so for him to to have that performance in front of all of those people that were there supporting him, I mean, just how I mean, how how cool. That's is that, how really? you draw it up as a kid, right? That's how you dream it up. So it really, really. That's, that's is. Awesome. So so good to Bones Highland, man. The the bench, you know, outscored him forty six to fourteen, something like that. I mean, they really just and did it's well. interesting because obviously Jokic, the big kind of claim for anyone behind Jokic of why he deserves the MVPs, he's had a <laughs> yeah. worse supporting cast versus yeah. Embiid. Yeah, Twitter and was, was exact. Twitter opposite. was blowing yeah. up with freaking. Oh, and not only that. Okay, here's the second thing that, that Jokic fans complain about: the foul calls, right? Yeah, uh, which is true. I mean, Jokic is averaging five, six, something like four to six less. I think it's like five or six less free throws a game. I don't know the number off the top of my head, but he's averaging way less free throws than Joel Embiid and Nuggets fans and Jokic, and clearly think that he gets fouled more often than he gets to the line. Uh, so that's a big. So it's funny you say that. Those are like the two of the biggest arguments that Nuggets fans use to <laughs> Joel fans. Supporting cast and f- and foul calls and what happens when they actually play together for the first time in 895 days? Jokic gets way more significant. Well, actually, you know what? It's not even true. Joel had more free throws, but Jokic was getting a bunch of calls that game. He was for once, you know. I think he had nine free throws, uh, which wasn't as many as Joel. Okay, I still point that out on Twitter. I'm like, it's still not as many as Joel got, but Joel got into foul trouble on Jokic, which was kind of funny. Uh, and then the supporting cast literally did a reverse Nuggets. And and did what they've only done three or four times this whole year, and completely saved the starters who were all in the negative. So it was a really interesting game. And now, of course, you know they're like, I don't ever want to hear about supporting cast ever again. And you know, and this is why we love Twitter. And yeah. if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find us at Red Rock Sports One. So. 
and uh, we'll find some good stuff that we'll, we'll continue to post on that. Uh, okay, last one before we get out of here. Got to talk a little bit. Not a ton of action, you know, in free agency for the Broncos. You obviously talked about the busy offseason they've had. Sure, we addressed the Russell Wilson thing. We will continue to address that situation, but that's done and in place. Moving on to free agency, which the legal tampering period began this weekend. Officially, these can go, what, the 16th? So tomorrow, Wednesday, I think they go official, something like that. Uh, Broncos have made a few moves, uh, more active today, kind of bigger moves today, but um, they re-signed Josie Jewell, uh, which I think was a solid move to a two-year deal. I, I don't know the figures on that. Uh, I think it's $11 million. Perfect. That's exactly what you should be paying him. You hope that by the time he gets into next year, even this season, maybe he's your third linebacker. Uh, they also re-signed Calvin Anderson, uh, offensive tackle. I think a guy that will compete, hopefully not for a starting job. But um, then they have uh, signed a few guys. Uh, first guy I saw was guard Bre- Ben Braden. Don't think he's going to be competing a whole lot for a starting position. He's a former Green Bay Packer, obviously has a connection uh, with Nathaniel Hackett, came over here. Uh, DJ Jones, defensive tackle, uh, a decent-sized deal. Three years, $30 million, $20 million of it guaranteed. Former 40, 49er, uh, kind of known as a run-stuffing guy. I will be honest, I had never heard of DJ Jones before yesterday. Really? Never. Really? So am I? Am I just? Yeah, not? I think you're crazy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not in the loop. Okay, I need to follow more. I don't know. Yeah, this dude is a is a is a run stopper, man. He is a he is a run stopper. I think he led the league. I, in, I'm a in, I'm a pass rush guy, man. I don't like <laughs> being a pass rusher. Okay. Yeah. No, I I think he led the league in tackles for loss last season. Uh, there was TFL. all. T- oh. Yeah, uh, tackles for loss. That's <laughs> what. So I didn't mean to run. <laughs> Sorry, Connor. I mean to run you over there. Yeah, do, no. do you have any? Do you have anything else? Do you? Uh, oh, were, were, were you, you threw me off my groove. I know. TFL. Were you going somewhere? Yeah, no, I, I, you know, <laughs> we're yeah. losing it. So no, no, he is a he is a he's a run stopper. He is, um, you know, there's certain there's a couple advanced statistics that I know put him really high at the point of attack on run. He's a he's a big 300 pound guy that has a whole bunch of athleticism. Um, he's I don't think he's really a replacement for Purcell, and, and they might still bring Purcell back, uh, you know, to play more of his role. He's more of a D uh, tackle. Um, but absolutely, I think he's he has the athleticism and the wiggle at 300 pounds to the wiggle. To, he can affect the passing game a little bit. He's not going to get there like you, you know what I mean. He's not. He's gonna get not going to be a replacement for Shelby Harris. Oh no, wait, I think, think so? he, no, I think he is a replacement okay. for Shelby Harris, and, okay. I, and I don't think he's going to get to the quarterback and just like Shelby Harris, sure. he's not going to get to the quarterback in 2.5 seconds, right? But but when those first and second options kind of don't materialize and the pocket collapses, he has. He definitely has enough athleticism to get to the quarterback and disrupt things. Uh, but really, man, he's he's a run stuffer, and he's 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 really athletic, long, and big. So hey, I think this is a a really good move, uh, a really good replacement for Shelby Harris, uh, and I like it. I like it a lot. All right, all right, good. See, now you're talking me into it. I like this is what I like free agency. <laughs> you know, you can just talk yourself into feeling good about every move that your right. team makes. Uh, just yeah, but like the, the, the Broncos, though. I mean, just I, like the Jacksonville Jaguars, or fans are so stoked about this receiving mm-hmm. core they just put together, and the rest of the league's looking at the highest paid receiving core and going, "I think you're still like the 25th best." Yeah, they're, they're playing the Madden over there in yeah, Jacksonville. It's not, with the, it's not no, with I like receivers. I like this. I like that signing a little bit more than this other one. The okay, did. yeah, the last one, the one that came today, I think both of those moves were made yesterday. The one that came today kind of shocked the NFL world a little bit. A guy that had already verbally committed elsewhere, uh, 
Edge, Randy Gregory. I don't know what we're calling him anymore. I'm just saying Edge. You know, it's outside linebacker, <laughs> outside DN, the end, whatever. whatever you want. They're pass rushers. Okay, uh, Randy Gregory had committed to Dallas verbally. His agent went whatever. That was on ESPN, and then today. He signs Just with a few Denver, hours later. which again, none of these are actually official. So like, I'll believe it when he signs on the dotted line tomorrow. Right? Yeah. Um, but Randy Gregory signs today, Tuesday, the 15th, five year, 70 million, 28 million of that guaranteed. Connor, I will give you the floor first because you already kind of started there and I'm, I'm on that, that path with you, but I'll give you that. The floor. Yeah. I mean, I don't know I mean, this was coming out of obviously Broncos fans hearing reports that hey you know maybe Von Miller's coming back or uh, there was there was reports out there that the Broncos really wanted Chandler Jones uh, you know from Arizona and then we get him (laughs) then we get you know then we get Randy over here so um, this is a guy who has been in the league since 2015 right so 15 Six years he's played. Is that seven? Math? Seven. Yeah, I, 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 math. Freaking math. Uh, he is. Well, do you ever do you count the year? Then you go. Yeah. Okay. He, seven. He, <laughs> he has been suspended five times for five different types of reasons. Um, he has played in fifty games. Started twelve. He has started twelve games for the Dallas Cowboys and just got paid. Uh, we we really shouldn't say seventy million. It's really a twenty eight million dollar. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. Um, the NFL is no longer testing for weed. Is that a thing that happened? No, I do not think that's a thing okay. that happened. I'm then, not sure. Then this is not a good signing. If they had no, stopped believe, testing for weed, uh, you'd quit getting suspended. Okay, hey, hey, uh, believe it or you know, hey, b- take it with a grain of salt or whatever, right? I don't personally know the reputation of of these. Cowboys beat writers, but I, I was tuning in a little bit to the people that know him the best in, in terms of who would write about him, right? And so I went to the local, uh, you know, Dallas Cowboys coverage, right? And by all accounts, in their opinion, this is a man who has absolutely turned his life around in the best ways and he's a father of two and he's a family man now and you know jerry jones and the dallas cowboys were kind of being lauded for sticking with him like hey he's finally you know to the point where he's ready to produce and they were going to make him onto the you know leadership council of the cowboys and they they thought that he was there mentally right in his headspace um it looks like but but you know what? With that, with all that said, even if that's true, right? I mean, I hope that's true. I would like to think that George Payton does his homework on these types of things and and heard, okay, hey, this guy has turned it around a little bit. He's doing he's doing the right things the right way. So I'd like to think he does his homework on that. So I don't want to really spend too much time talking about that aspect. I think it's still a bit of a gamble. It's rolling the dice, right? Um, and we'll see what Chandler Jones and Von Miller end up getting. That's what because I'm I curious of. This equates to about 15 million a year. I don't know. 14. The, 14. Yeah, it's 28 million over two years, guaranteed. Okay, so I didn't know that the guarantee was over. So mm-hmm. what's guaranteed is 14 million. If those guys go sign for 20, I get this move. I I, I think I'm there with you. I think right, it, it, but I know. will say well, they're my, not going to sign for 20. And, though. And, that would and, shock me. And bro. me saying I get <laughs> this move doesn't mean I like it. I'm still not a fan of it because even let me believe everything you just said about Randy Gregory turning his life around. Okay. 
even at his peak, which was last year, is probably the, the best. It's you, the best sample size see, that we have of, of him. him. Yeah. I mean, we're we're looking at. I think it was like six sacks. Six on the sacks year. in eleven games. He had okay. a calf strain. Went on the IL. And um, that's the other part of it. Now we've got injury issues piling on top of potential off-field yeah. issues. Plus, a guy that frankly has never been all that productive, and he's never been a top-tier edge rusher in the league. Fifteen millions a lot, or fourteen millions a lot to commit to a guy like that. I'd like to see, again, I'm very curious to see where these other DNs go. If we're talking a couple million difference between getting Chandler Jones or Vaughn Miller, I don't know that this is a good move. You're kind of buying on the upside. You're buying that you're... Oh, or less. They could get less. I mean, you never know. You think? I I would... I would be surprised if Von Miller gets more than this deal. I would be. I would be. But it could be pretty comparable. Um, Hey, look, let me play devil's advocate with you just for one second here, okay? Because I also am just skeptical about it. It's it's a risk. I already went through that. It is a risk, okay? This guy hasn't actually performed at the level that this contract warrants, okay? With that said, let me play devil's advocate for a second here. Last year was was uh, his first really good sample size after he kind of was done being suspended, right? And, they, and he thinks he kind of got past all this. You saw 11 games before a calf strain. Now, I am not generally one of those people that really buys, in most cases, really buys into this whole injury-prone type of thing, okay? I think a lot of times it's just poor luck, okay? So I'm going to just say that as it is. We saw 11 games, 6 sacks, uh, and 17 quarterback hits, okay? When you extrapolate that to 17 games, you get nine, about 9.5 sacks and almost 27 quarterback hits. That would rank him 17th in sacks on the season, and it would rank him 9th in quarterback hits, okay? So when you extrapolate it out, and, and you look at it too, I mean, you know, that's 9.5. It could easily be 10. And if he has 10 sacks, then, he, then you're talking about a fringe top 10 sack getter in the NFL. You're talking about like the 11th type sack getter, right? If he gets 10 sacks and 27 QB hurries, and he's like, a, he's like the 10th most efficient pass rusher in the NFL, this is a great signing. Yeah. And if he's he does a young that, guy. He's a young guy. Still. 29. He's 29. Well, he, he'll play out. If, if mm-hmm. he lives up to this contract, he'll play out this contract. That's true. Hey, 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 look. Signing somebody off of potential is a great idea. Just ask the Nuggets and MPJ. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See how that's working out for him. All right. So yeah. that's all I've seen. Anything else that I've missed of moves that they've made? So far, oh, that's that's where I'm okay. at too. So, uh, any anyone, either position or players specifically, you'd like to see them target in the coming weeks? I mean, obviously, free agency goes all the way up to the beginning of the season, but I'm typically, curious, most I, of it like, happens in the I, first month. I get my head spins so much when I start looking at cap money. Oh, like, that's yeah. like the one thing I just like. I, I like trying yeah, to like understand. Tyler mentioned really that earlier. Just like they'll work it out. I'm not worried about that. There's a creative <laughs> yeah, way so, to restructure a contract that'll right, make it work. So, I, so I don't know how much cap money the Broncos still have available because, of course, you got to still sign your your uh, draft picks too. Right. Uh, but hey, I would love to see him go out and get uh, uh you know, hey, Miles Jack just got released that's today. The, that's kind of one guy. Um, I would love to see him Miles but Jack or Bobby here's, Wagner. Here's my thought with Ooh, both, Bobby. both of those like guys. Bobby. Though those guys, you're 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 buying high. You're you're spending the money. They're you on are. their way down. You have to overpay in free agency. I, I don't know if that's a smart move. I think they have some young talent at linebacker. You lean on if you can get a value player too. I'd rather go that route. To me, spend the money on an offensive tackle. You need to get yourself a right tackle. Are there offensive tackles I, out there? I mean, there's, the Cowboys there are some had rumors. 
back that, to him. So that yeah, that I think Lael Collins may become available. I've heard that um, things about like the draft that? though. I mean, uh, the Broncos don't have many holes to fill. The sure, draft. and they they do they still do have a have second holes. round draft pick. Not so many. They they need they need a, a interior linebacker presence. They don't have a they do not have a slot corner right look, now. I guess I'm you saying could call right it now when you look at every team in the NFL and when you look at the Broncos, the Broncos probably have the least needs of anyone out there. Maybe San Francisco. I mean, the Broncos are set right now in many positions. I agree across the board. Now the depth may not be there, but there is they are the set. starters across the board. But it, pretty but well. If, but okay, but you you don't sign you don't trade for Russell Wilson with all they give up for the intention of oh yeah we we just want to like maybe make the playoffs like that's I, not the intention. Who said that was the intention? No, so, all okay. I said drafting alignment. All right, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth and say that's what you said. <laughs> but you but put words okay, in so mouth. can we can we agree that that's not what you signed Russell Wilson for, right? You oh, signed, they're gonna win. They, they want to win. Yeah, you want to win. You want to win now, and you want to make a deep run in the playoffs. That is why you give up all those assets for a Russell Wilson. Oh, we're in it to win it, baby. So okay. Uh, in order for the Broncos to just compete and be in the playoffs, I agree with you. They don't really have a bunch of holes, but they do have holes if you want to be a Super Bowl contending team. Hey, hey, hey. Right now, right now, the, the okay, so I would definitely say right now, uh, and you know from your pro football, fo- you look around on pro football focus, the the Broncos do not have, you know, they, they need another piece, maybe even two on the offensive line to really be a good offensive line. I mean, they're, they're not bad. They're not a terrible offensive line, but they're not... You couldn't look at that offensive line and say, "Oh yeah, we have no holes there." But we, we've we need seen everything. really good offensive linemen the last Do we even five have years a right tackle coming right to now? the league. Yeah, Calvin Anderson. Oh, Calvin Anderson. Yeah, but that's why I'm saying the draft could be our resource there. Like for but sure. But if you're going to try and win a Super Bowl this year or next year or even the following year, maybe maybe by that third year, tackles a lot of times they don't come in. A lot of tackles. Some of them do. But a lot of tackles do not come in and just perform at a, at a high level in their first year. It has been increasing, though. The amount of tackles who do come in ready every year, it seems, the last eight, nine, ten years, it's been getting more and more. It's like receivers. They just come in I ready think, to go. I think we can agree to disagree on the notion that if there does get an offensive tackle that becomes available, a big-time offensive tackle, the Broncos need to be in on that. I think that's a move that if they do become available, I, I think, if, I, they, I, if they don't, I absolutely think that should be your top priority in the draft because not only do you need a guy now, they don't have a ton of depth on that offensive, especially on the outside of the line. They do have some decent depth at guard, but it, on the outside, they just don't have a ton of depth of guys that you need to build around moving forward. Uh, and I, I think, just to be clear, I do think that they, I do think that they go after a piece in the draft as well, right? I, I'm just thinking. In terms of holes, that is a hole right now, right? Uh, another, and you have all this money. You have all this money to still spend, and in, in, you have some money left. I mean, they've spent a big chunk. We're of thinking it. of upwards of like ten million is kind of what I heard that they potentially still have. Maybe, to, yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, you heard that? Okay, all right. Yeah, I thought I heard yeah, a little some, more, but but you think more? I, I, I thought I, I, I tell thought, you, I don't know. So I, I guess uh, you know we won't talk about speculate speculation here, but uh, you know, in terms of just holes, I do see that. The Broncos can still use a, a, a tackle, right? They, they definitely could, right? Tackle. Uh, right now, Ojemudie would probably be your slot corner. And, you know, from everything that I've been hearing over there, they're, they're, they're looking to play a lot of dime and nickel packages this year, especially when you go get a guy like DJ Jones. He's perfect for playing a lot of dime and nickel packages because he is a force in the run himself. So you can have six, five, six DBs out there. Uh, so I definitely... I definitely see them looking out there for for a, a slot corner or just another piece in the in the back or the you know defensive backs, uh, and then you know inside linebacker. You obviously got Josie Jewell back, uh, but what do you? I mean. 
do you, are you really comfortable with Josie Jewell and Browning as your two starting inside linebackers? I mean, I, I think there's another spot there that could potentially be filled too in inside linebackers. So I don't know. I, I get your point, Tyler. Bobby Wagner. They're you're, good. I, I'm for it. Hey, I'm well, for here's it. Here's what Let's I'll say it. for the, the positions you're mentioning. I agree with you. I think you've pretty much touched on all the positions. I think DB just across the board, the, that, but they, they have starters in my mind there. It's as you go into those dying packages, that's where you really get weak. I know a lot of times they go heavy safety in a lot of those looks versus bringing a lot of corners on there. But well, we don't have uh, we don't have safety depth. Exactly. I mean, I was so, going to start Caden but, Stearns But right you look now? at that, you look at linebacker, you have guys that I believe are starters. I do not believe they have a starting caliber right tackle on this team. That's why, to me, this is by and large their biggest need, be it free agency, draft, whatever. Everywhere else, if you don't get that guy, you feel like you're okay. You need to add some depth behind these guys maybe. If you don't get a right tackle, I think that is the hole on your offense this year. What about trading? I'm, like what if, what I'm if, good with that. Trade this second round mm. pick, throw a few more in if you have to, and it's go Polar get Rams. yourself a Just guy. Just get rid Let's of the picks it. and yeah. Pull a Rams. Hey, it worked for them. It works for me on Madden. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, and obviously, we're just touching on the beginning of free agency. A lot of the kind of deep moves start to get made as the the weeks lead on. Uh, And then, obviously, the draft comes up. We're just about five weeks out from that. So, uh, we'll be touching on that as we get closer to it. But uh, thank you, Tyler, for a fun, special show. Thanks for accommodating Um, to my back. Woos Media. Guys, let's talk about this more. I like setting Uh, up the uh, studio uh, uh, in the living room. Replace Uh, this couch, Tyler. uh, I'm I'm a Maybe Woos Media will buy you a couch. I would be okay to do every show from here. Well, I'm not on the show, but... Just putting that yeah. out there. For, I, Buffs I, I Nation, like we can do that. There you we go. Can do that. Yeah. All right, guys, thanks for joining us. Be sure to tune in every week and find us on Twitter at Red Rock Sports One. For Tyler and Connor, I'm Jared. Thanks for tuning in.